Are you ready? Welcome, welcome to the Everyday Pastor Podcast with Carl Pace. My name is Carl. I'm a pastor. And I just want to take this opportunity to just take some time to talk to you, um, to let you see that, hey, we got more in common than you think. And I'm just trying to help you navigate through life, man. That's literally what this podcast is all about. Uh, This has really been a year and a half in the making. And I really just got off my butt and started doing something. Because the truth of the matter is, I was super scared. I didn't know if the message that I had would be something that would resonate with people. I didn't know if anybody would listen, tune in. And all my ego started taking a hold of me. And, uh... You know, over the past few weeks, I've gone through some uh, huge transitions in my own life. My oldest child started college, so she moved out. Uh, My oldest son, our middle child, uh, went to middle school. Our youngest is in kindergarten. Everybody's changing around me, and all these things are happening. And it has been emotionally draining for me. It It has pushed me into some some deeper places of thought than I thought that it would and uh, just kind of want to get my thoughts out there say something out loud and I'm hoping that it'll help somebody else who's navigating through this as well hopefully we'll be able to build a community here where we can encourage one another and uh, I'm just praying that this is something that helps Uh, there might be a young pastor who's watching who's saying man I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to do uh, there might be a pastor that's been in the game for a while who's really thinking about throwing in the towel. And there might be some people who don't understand all the stuff your pastor goes through. We want to take this opportunity between me and my family and my friends to just try to help us navigate, man, because we all need each other in this. You know, we are all everyday people, and uh, sometimes we just need that, that, that boost of encouragement. So I want to take episode one, and I'm just going to take it for myself. Uh, because uh, one of the things that I want to take this opportunity to do is to let you, you know, get to know me. And I hope that through this podcast and through talking and you hearing my friends and my family kind of converse and talk, you'll realize that, hey, we got a whole lot of stuff in common. Uh, we do have fun. We're not weird. Like, I'm not in here, like, laying around praying all day. Yo, like, pastors is regular people, too. They got regular schedules we go to the grocery store we do all that kind of stuff so uh, sometimes i think especially growing up uh, i grew up in a church setting so you know the pastor was always kind of put on this pedestal and that was good and bad because they respected the pastor which was great but when the pastor messed up or when the pastor failed um, to watch how the community and the church at large treated these uh, men was uh, so harmful. And uh, as as a churchman, somebody who go to church and love church, I can see why people turn away from it or don't want to be a part of it because there's been so much, you know, stuff that goes on. Uh, so I'm hoping, like I said, this will give you an opportunity to see, hey, your pastor's a regular person. Um, I'm a regular person. Your pastor's a regular person, too. And, um, you know, maybe you need to extend a little bit more grace uh, to your pastor. 
Everybody with me? All right, cool. So I call this episode the origin story. And the reason why I do that is based off of um, my movie experience. So I'm not a movie buff at all. I don't want you to get that twisted. Not a movie buff at all. But one of my new favorites, so I got like, I got favorites. So, for example, I'll do my top five. Let me do that. Let me do my top five. So, my top five is Coming to America. Not in no particular order. Coming to America, Hitch, Here Comes the Boom, Purple Rain. I know that's Purple Rain. I love Purple Rain. And then, watch this, The Joker. Now, that's the one that stands out, The Joker. And I don't know what it is about this movie, because I'm not even into movies like that, but it's just something about this Joker movie that, like, really garnered my attention. And when I kind of went and looked it up and kind of seen what it was about, it was it was supposed to be the idea of the origin story of the villain, the Joker, from the Batman series. So this is how the Joker came to be the Joker. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, the reason why we are the way we are is because of our origin story. And if you knew our story, then you would know maybe why we act the way we act or why we look at things a certain way. And if somebody had, you know, a, a grasp of your history, maybe they would know how to better deal with you. And in our relationships, sometimes I think we're so guarded uh, that we're not willing to expose ourselves in a way to say, hey, maybe this is the way I grew up or this is something that, you know, I'm not familiar with. And I'm struggling with that. So, for example, my, my wife and I, uh, we both grew up in the same city in Ohio. Uh, but our coming ups were, were different. Um, that's not a bad thing. and That's not a good thing. They just were different. So, wow, there's some things that I see myself doing that I saw my parents do. She kind of looks at them weird. And there's some things that her parents did when she was growing up that I look at weird and we're trying to like merge these, you know, uh, because we both had good upbringings and we're both uh, eternally grateful for our parents and for the way we grew up. So we're trying to like put in those pieces of what made our childhood so great together uh, so that we can raise, uh, you know, for the most part, upstanding people. I, I just want to, I want to just raise good people who are kind and loving and who, who care about people and uh, who aren't selfish and uh, ultimately just good, God-fearing people. That's my, that's my prayer every day for my kids. I just want y'all to be good people and people recognize that you're good people. You know what I mean? Uh, so as a, as a parent, I struggle with that. But anyway, I said all that to say this, is that part of the reason why we are who we are is because of our origin story. And I just want to take a couple minutes to go through my origin story. And while I'm talking, I want you to kind of be piecing together your origin story. What are some significant moments in your life that make you who you are? What are some defining moments in your everyday that, you know, make you the person you are? Does it make you persevere? Did it make you strive? Did it make you 
push harder? Did it make you study longer? Like what what are some moments in your life that that make you the successful person you are today? All of those are questions that I want you to try to answer in our conversation on the day. So I grew up in Ohio. I went to public schools. I ended up going to Central State University in Wilberforce, Ohio. And uh, it was while I was at Central State that I realized that all the churching that I had been doing all the years as a kid uh, was finally coming into full fruition. So when I was like eight years old, my my pastor, his name was H.L. Parker, the old man, he looked at me and he said, hey man, you're going to be a preacher. And I did everything I could to run from it. But when I got in college, I just couldn't run anymore. And I said, yeah, I really feel like this is something I'm called to do. And I talked to my new pastor about it. And we kind of went through the process of talking about what does that look like for me? You know, what does being called look like? But then I also had that struggle. I was in college and I was, you know, enjoying my college experience. Uh, And it was it was uh, it was interesting to try to and I wasn't like dramatically different than I am now like I don't want you to think that but it was a a, it was an adjustment uh, trying to figure out how you were going to navigate in your call trying to be an upstanding person in your community continue to be a leader continue to be somebody who ultimately I I wanted God to be proud of me and I'm not saying I was going to be perfect but I did want God to be able to say I saw him trying and uh, what does that look like for me so there were some things I had to walk away from that I really didn't want to there were some activities that I was in some people that I was hanging around that I kind of had to start separating myself from because it just wasn't a good look and a good feel for me so in my college experience uh you know I feel like that was a really big push uh for me to kind of just start navigating who I was going to eventually grow up to be. So while I was in college, I joined the Christian community there. And truth of the matter is, is I really didn't feel like I fit in with the Christian community in my college experience. Um, There were people, so I had just started preaching. I was trying to get my feet wet. And um, there were people who were, uh, I like to say, professional church people they already had it down and they had went to very charismatic churches before they had you know arrived on the campus so you know they was dancing and joking and jiving and that wasn't never that wasn't me you know I wasn't a layout and shout guy our church wasn't like that uh so I had to try to figure out was we doing something wrong was I doing something wrong or was that just who we were and you know had to try to give them the space to allow them to be who they were in the worship experience and who I was in the worship experience. And um, that was that was difficult. I bombed. Uh, I preached my worst sermon ever when I was in college, like ever. Like, um, I'll never forget it. They had a, we used to have a Sunday morning worship. It was at like two o'clock. So I went and uh, I, I put on my best preacher suit and I got up there and I preached sermons, preached a sermon that I know my church would have appreciated. 
because I went to a church with older people that these college students was not feeling. And when I tell you it was crickets and oh man, it was it was the worst experience of my life. I was so I was so embarrassed. I don't think I went to class for like two days. It was it was horrible. <laughs> but I learned a lesson from that. Like, you know, you gotta be able to learn as a pastor how to be able to meet people where they are. What do what what are some skills I need to have to be able to meet people at the places where they are? Not saying I gotta be different or be not be me, but what do I need to do to be able to reach out to them? And that was a hard lesson I learned in those college experiences. So during my time in college, um, I was able to learn about ministry, learn about people, learn about how to deal with people, learn about different styles of worship, those kinds of things. And then I was also working to get an education degree, which I did receive. And uh, I taught school for a few years. And all of this stuff, I believe, was preparing me for ultimately where I was. So, um, like I said, originally didn't have no desire to be a preacher. As a matter of fact, in my mind, I was going to be like Deion Sanders. So, I was going to play some football, do some college football, and then I was going to, you know, go to a high school, and I was going to be the greatest football coach that ever lived. Like, that was that was my original plan. And uh, that just wasn't wasn't in the cards for me. Um, and I had to try to figure out, you know, this desire to want to lead people and be in their lives and be impactful. Was that supposed to be me being a coach or was that supposed to be me doing something else? And I, I finally realized during my during my journey in school that no, no, the Lord is calling me to be a pastor. He wants me to uh, influence and invoke people, you know, in, in that regard, not the one I was thinking of. So graduated from college, ended up going to seminary. I did that. So while I was in seminary, I got married, uh, had some kids. Um, and then when I graduated from seminary, uh, I was ready to go pastor. I was always taught you go to seminary, you get your master's degree, 90 credit hour program. So uh, if you go full time straight through, it's three years. If you, you know, you work a little bit like I did, it takes about four or five years. But once you get that master's degree, you got your ticket, you're going to make it. And I remember getting that degree and starting to apply for churches so that I could be their pastor. And everybody was saying no. I mean, real life. I was getting no letters every week. And six months turned into a year and a half. Year and a half turned into two years. And then two years really turned into three years. Uh, and I really went through a really deep state of depression because nobody was giving me a chance to do what I said this is what I'm supposed to do. And I, I just remember um sitting in my in my house uh before everybody got home from b 
before my wife got home, before she brought the kids in, I would just sit on the floor and just be disgusted with myself because I'm not living the life that I promised her. Hey, if you get with me, that's what I told my wife, hey, if you get with me, I'm going to make sure we're taken care of. And I was like literally in here, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I just was not living this dream life that I thought I was going to have. I was going to pastor a church. It was going to be great. And it was not that. And um, I really got in a deep depression about it and didn't know it was depression until uh, after I came out of it. so I didn't have any therapy to help get me through. I was just in there struggling in it. And now I know the signs of, you know, how my emotions impact me or how I feel. And when I need to go talk to somebody or try to figure something out, I kind of know those directions now. But at that point in my life, I was young and I was super frustrated about uh, where my life was going. And, uh, and finally, after about three years of no's, funny story, still got all the no's on my desk in my office. If you come to my office right now at my church, I got a a basket full of uh, no letters that I got. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you all a good story. Uh, my The church that I pastor originally told me no. So... Uh, I applied for it. I didn't get it. They called another guy. He was there for 18 months. He left. They opened up again, and I applied again, and then I was able to go what we call candidate. So that's like pastor job interview. So you go and you preach, and you might teach a Bible study. You know, there's a interview, meet and greet, that kind of thing. So you do all that stuff. Um, so I remember I went and did the meet and greet and all that good stuff and, um, the church voted and I didn't get it again, like got another no, but there was some things that happened, uh, where the other candidate got disqualified and like I won by the default. So like the first church that I really pastor, I I didn't win the vote and, <laughs> To this day, still haven't won a vote. So, still got a bunch of no's. Uh, but that taught me a valuable lesson that when guys say yes, it's a yes. Like, literally. Like, that's that's the lesson I learned. That when, when God wants something for you, it's going to be in his timing. It's not going to be the way you planned it. It's not going to be what you wanted. But it's going to all fit into the story. I had dealt with a lot of no's in my life to get to this this moment of yes. And it made me appreciate the yes even more. So I love my church. Even with all of the, you know, even with all the flaws, even with all the stuff we go through. And I'm not saying I got it bad. My church is amazing. They're great people. I really appreciate them. But I don't know if I would have appreciated them if I would just got it right when I got out of seminary, you know what I mean? So I look at all of those uh, instances in my life as like things kind of kind of working together for me to be the best me that I could be. And it also, you know, forced me to look at, look at the way that I was doing things, look at the way I, I planned it, 
So I, you know, I, I pastor an older church, and I wondered why I just was so comfortable with older people as a kid. Like when I was a kid, I didn't have a lot of kid friends. As a matter of fact, uh, there's some kids who I went to church with who, as adults, we've had very, very tense conversations about how they treated me when I was a kid because I was a regular, I was a church kid, I wore a suit, other kids didn't, and, you know, I was ridiculed and treated bad by the church kids in my community because I wasn't like them. But the older people there really uh, wrapped their arms around me. It was like having another 40 set of, another 40 set of parents, like literally all these people were banking on you and depositing in you and loving on you and having expectations for you. Um, and I am so thankful for those, uh, those people coming up. So I grew up in the Shiloh Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, and I want to shout them out really quick. And I'm not going to start naming names because there were so many people inf- who were influential in my life that I am so thankful for, but it was all of them pouring into me. And I wondered why, you know, I got along so well with these older people. When I started pastoring, I saw a lot of a lot of those characteristics in them people I saw growing up and the people that I pastored. So it was easy for me to work with them and deal with them and talk to them. And, and it was like God was ultimately working those young moments in my life into my adulthood, into what I do. Um, and I am just, I'm super duper grateful that I was able to live a life where I didn't always fit in. Uh, I wasn't in the cool crowd, I mean, but I wasn't ostracized. I wasn't like a nerd because I did, didn't get those grades. Um, I was kind of able to speak to everybody, but to have those close young people bonds that people have. I I didn't really have a lot of those. I had friends. I had people who I knew within my greater church community who I hung out with, those kinds of things. But, like, you know, I didn't, you know, I was kind of just, you know, I was moving from group to group. Did the same thing in college. Really do the same thing as an adult, really. Um, uh, And I'm just, you know, just trying to make sure that I can, fit in in all these spaces but I believe that's what makes me a good pastor is that I'm able to go in different spaces and do those kinds of things I said all that to say this and I'm gonna wrap up with this because I feel like I held you too long there's a story uh about Joseph and everybody knows Joseph had a really interesting experience he was sold into slavery by his brothers he had a prison experience palace experience he had been through a lot of stuff, and at the end of the story, uh, Joseph sees his brothers um, who are in the middle of a famine. The brothers who are in need come asking for help, and they got to come to Joseph, even though they think he's dead, but when they see him, they realize it's him, and they begin to apologize for all they've done. And Joseph says these words. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And while it is a poetic thing to say, there's a deeper meaning to that word phrasing. So watch it. I'm going to mess you up. Um, 
the word mint literally is translated to mean weave. That, that the idea, the word picture of this is that you weaved these negative things because you thought it would destroy me. But it was what you weaved and what God weaved and what I weaved to make me strong. Something sustainable, something easy to grab onto and something that would not tear under pressure. You weaved it for evil, but God weaved it for good. And I'm saying all that to tell you this. Remember your origin story. Because God has ultimately weaved your beginning to make you who you are now. And I pray that you see the great person that lies in you. That you see the amazing person that God wants you to be. And I pray that you're living in purpose, on purpose, because I believe God has a purpose for you. And if you don't know what your purpose is, I want you to pray to God to say, God, why am I here? Who am I here to help? And ultimately, what do you want me to do with my life? So I want you to take this time to really think about your origin story. Think about what you went through and how it helps you even to this day. And uh, hopefully you'll put all the pieces together and realize that God has weaved a masterpiece for you. Hey, listen, I'm Carl Pace. This was the Everyday Pastor Podcast. I hope that I helped you and share with somebody. Let them know that we're on and we'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace.